0: Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel, and I'm joined by Elder John Trombley. And we are creating a resource to help you stay connected to the Lord in between Sabbaths. And we pray that this resource will be a blessing for you today. All right, John. So we are on the Beatitudes, and we've covered quite a bit of ground. Uh, We're almost halfway through. And let me read um, Matthew chapter 5. Verse 6, which is the beatitude that we'll be focusing on in this episode. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And I think we have agreed that uh, we don't know what Jesus is saying. Right, absolutely. (laughs) He's using words that are not part of our regular vocabulary. And here it is again. Righteousness. I mean, mm-hmm. people that serve, I've heard say, you know, righteous, righteous <laughs> when they hit a nice wave, but mm-hmm. I'm not thinking Jesus is thinking along those lines. So w- what's righteousness? John? I don't know. <laughs> and so that is why
1: so I mean, had to closing, go and look it up. <laughs> right. I don't know. So that's why uh, I had to look it up. Because honestly, you know, there's these words that we, in Christianity, that we throw around, we hear them all the time, and, and we... We just kind of nod our heads sometimes. Yeah. We, we've, maybe we knew the definition before, and then we maybe forgot it, or or whatever it might be. But so I had to look it up, honestly. So I looked it up in the uh, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, mm, and um, and here's the opening paragraph on it. It says, "Righteousness is holiness, likeness to God, and God is love. It is a uh, it is conformity to the law of God. For all thy commandments are righteousness." And the love, and love is the fulfilling of the law, righteousness and love, and love is the light and the life of God. Righteousness of God is embodied in Christ. We receive righteousness by receiving Him. Hmm. And so, really, that first sentence: righteousness is holiness, and God, and it's the likeness to God, and God is love. And so, that
0: gives us a little bit of a definition. Yeah, right? I, actually, that definition is quite loaded it is quite deep there's there's (laughs) stuff that we could spend another podcast talking about absolutely right um so what do we do with this now john how how do we uh, transpose that and say okay so if this is righteousness then this is what jesus meant clear as mud right um
1: so how do we you know how do we hunger and thirst for
0: this said righteousness
1: right um and uh you know for me i i think about this this as once again, as Christians, we tend to do this um, this checklist thing, if you will. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I converted. Check. I I, I pray. Check. I'm doing all of these. I got baptized. Things. Right. Got baptized. Check. All of these these, these things, if you will, um, with Christ. And and then we we kind of do a checklist, and then we kind of we we put it aside until one day we realize we're not living up to our own checklist. And then we start to feel the guilt, right? Um, so how do we go back to this? How do we thirst? How do we hunger for, mm-hmm. for righteousness?
0: Darlene and I were car shopping a few months ago, and we ended up uh, actually deciding to get this uh, certified, Honda recertified uh, minivan. And they assured us, you know, hey, this is a good minivan, and we have like 180 checklist mm-hmm. points That we do, you know, thorough, blah, 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 blah. So, we're like, okay, awesome, good, good. So, we're driving at home and, you know, it just so happens that we were driving on roads that had potholes. Go figure, right? Here? In Michigan? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, the the more potholes we heard and we drove, the the horrible sound that came from the front left tire. Mm. And it sounded like something was loose, like the brake something. I don't know. But it was like slamming and it didn't sound good at all so we called the dealership and of course they were gracious enough they like bring it back tomorrow we're so sorry and they checked it and the the guy said hey it's problem solved we when we were they were checking your brake pads they used the wrong tension Mm. when they were tightening but now everything's good and i looked at him and i said you told me that you you checked everything and that checklist was supposed to give me peace of mind but you know what now in the back of my mind I'm, i'm asking myself what else may you have missed? Mm, mm-hmm. that, so checklists, I, I think, sometimes can give you a false sense of security that everything is okay. But then when you get on the road of life, mm. you begin to hear all this creaking and banging. And you're like, <laughs> where is that coming from? Right. So I think in the Christian life, checklists may serve a purpose. But I don't think that they should give you an assurance that because you have done these things, therefore today... You are connected today you are on the path of righteousness so I, I i totally agree with you, John, that baptism is important, but it should never have been viewed as a checklist. Let's move on right right um, there has to be more to you, this you know even with
1: um you use the example of baptism and it just hit me that even i uh, as you know, I had studied with my my daughter mm-hmm. recently for baptism, and I remember going through the checklist and thinking. You know, we got to get this all done. We got to get this all figured out all at once. And what I had to be reminded of is that, you know, after she gets baptized, it's not like we're done studying. We're done. That's right. You know, that's not the case at all. We're going to continue Mm -hmm. in this for eternity, literally for eternity, right? So, um, it...
0: It's just, It just seems like it's human nature to do this checklist thing. You know? you know, it's beautiful. You said that, brother, and it just dawned on me. Something so obvious. Jesus uses the preliminary declaration, blessed are those who thirst and hunger. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time you thirst and hungered? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you didn't have that experience 10 years ago. Right. When you had a nice meal. Mm-hmm. You thirsted and hungered yesterday. Mm-hmm. We thirsted. I, was, I woke up hungry. I was going to say, right? It's minutes <laughs> for me, yeah. So, so for me, is how could you... Ignore that aspect that Jesus is already giving us this huge hint. If you were hungering and thirsting a few hours ago, Mm -hmm. then that is going to be your ongoing experience with this thing called righteousness. It will not be a checklist that you took care of 10 years ago. And I guess for, you know, if there are any individuals from other denominations, you know, you need to guard yourself with this idea that I was saved in 1985. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, That's a checklist that I think is not just something that Adventists struggle with. Uh, Catholics, Methodists, I think Christians across the board struggle with the idea of not misusing checklists um, and actually looking at what Jesus is pointing us to a daily experience of you will be thirsty today. Right. That, that is just, you don't even ask. need to ask yourself, will I be thirsty tomorrow? I don't know. What do you think? Um, you will be thirsty. You will be hungry. Um, and in our spiritual realm, that means that you will never. You should never make this experience of righteousness a checklist. Mm-hmm. And that's and you know that's a great example or, or
1: or point that you're bringing out because what usually ends up happening to us is we all remember when we first um, mm-hmm. her, uh, came into the church, right? Or we first heard the gospel, and we and then we you know lear, years later or, or whatever you might say, we we start to look, we start to reflect in. I've heard this oftentimes from other people, and I experienced the same thing. Where I used to be so on fire for the Lord, right? Mm, you you hear that when I first yeah. came to the church, I was so on fire. Of what's happened? Um, and first of all, I think you know maybe we're a little too hard on ourselves sometimes, but also it becomes again. This is what happens with the checklist. Where well, I used to be, I used to be so yeah. on fire, but yeah. I would argue that really
0: what you—it's a maturity of love. That we need, right? Uh, whoa, bro! Use everything that I mean. God is leading us in this discussion because <laughs> as soon as you said that, I used to be. I mm-hmm. thought about Revelation chapter two, mm. <clears throat> the very first church oh, mm-hmm. Jesus addresses. Boom! This is it. The checklist, right? Um, in Revelation chapter two, the church in Ephesus says. In verse 2, it says, I know your deeds mm. and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to the rest, to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and you endure. that's like a checklist. Like, check, 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 check. Yep. check. You've, mm-hmm. you've been doing all these things. But then in verse 4, it says, but I have this against you that you have left your first, first not checklist, love. your first love. Your first love, right. So, the idea that, you know, I used to be is not because you have neglected a checklist. is because you have neglected even much something much more fundamental, which is your first love. Okay. And Jesus, by the way, just so that we don't get any mistakes, Jesus is not saying you should love the checklist. Mm-hmm. This is loving in, in the context of a relationship. You left your first love for me. Right, right. Yeah. And you use the word relationship and, you know, there's,
1: you know, God gives us marriage for this example, right? Mm. Um, You know, when we... When I first saw my wife, well, technically I guess the second time, because the first time I guess I was a jerk, but that's a different story. So the second time I saw my wife, you know the, you know the, 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 the horns went off, right? The the heavens opened, the lights shone, and and uh, you know I, you know Dreamweaver played whatever it might be. That never that doesn't leave you, right? I mean, that, you know, when you're first dating your 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 spouse, and there's all the, those new feelings. It's just like the, the the Christian who first experiences Christ. It's the exact yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. So then, so then, what happens as it goes on? Well, you know, I still love my wife, right? I mean, so what keeps us? What keeps it going? It, it it's a, it's a love that matures and it, it looks different and it is it, it is different. Um, but again, I didn't feel that way about her, and then just
0: left it there. I had to continue that relationship. That's right. And and, uh, it's it's cool that you brought it into the context of marriage because um, at the Monroe Church two Sabbaths ago, I preached and I talked about exactly this in context of Jesus. And I said, you know, no one celebrates their 10th year wedding anniversary because they had emotions, romantic emotions every day of their 10 years. Mm -hmm. No one survives the onslaught of tragedies and hurts and just the meshing of two different people together. Simply by relying on romantic emotions, right. mm-hmm. thus concluding that love is not an emotion, but a choice that sometimes runs contrary to emotions. Mm. So this their thing on hungering um, may not be just as intuitive as we think, right? Mm. Uh, with my daughters, we're trying to be careful with what we allow them to eat right now because we want them to, you know, develop a taste for things that, you know, in the longer will prove healthy, like vegetables and fruits. <laughs> so. Um, you know, the, the the standard idea is, you know, children don't like vegetables and fruits. Well, I think that to some degree, from my own experience, I I was exposed to these things called now and laters. I don't know if you're familiar with them. And um, my favorite phenomenal? were yeah. green apple <laughs> now and laters. Mm-hmm. So if you were to ask me once I had my exposure to now and laters for, you know, about a week, <laughs> um, then my mom would buy the actual green apples. Do you want the green apple or the now and later green apples? Right. It's always so, the now and later. Yeah, sorry, it's not only it, and that's the, the the I think the the idea of it's not as intuitive as we as we might think because I am hungry, so I will pursue something that tastes it appeals to my feelings, mm-hmm. but it does not necessarily nourish my body. Mm-hmm. And in a similar sense, I think in spiritual when you when you become accustomed, which is not bad, you know, you meet Jesus, it's exciting. Prayer is just so ah, you know, you feel God so near. Those are not always part of the journey um, and you shouldn't depend on those. What you should depend on is what Jesus tells us you need. Like when Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word mm-hmm. that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Um, righteousness seems to be something that is, is an acquired taste. That is not something that we naturally will crave at least maybe not at first, mm-hmm. um, but we should continue pressing forward because we see, we're being told this is what will satisfy. Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness' sakes, for they shall be filled. Right. For they shall be satisfied, and that satisfaction is is the the quieting of our souls. The realizing, ah, oh, this this is it. This mm-hmm. is what I've been looking for. And
1: there's a couple of things you said there that, um, you know, it is an acquired taste, right? It uh, righteousness is an acquired taste, just like fruits and vegetables you know if you didn't grow up like you're setting a good foundation for your for your daughters but if you didn't grow up that way yeah and you didn't get those things like me (laughs) right exactly um i bought a couple of cucumbers on tuesday it's friday i they're still sitting in my refrigerator because every time i go to you know because i have Purposed in my heart that I want to eat more fruits and vegetables, but when I go to make something, it's not the uh, cucumbers that I want. I want something else. So uh, I will be eating those today. I, I, I swear. <laughs> but, uh, you know, conviction. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, you have you you know just just like anything else, you know, you can can compare it to exercising. Nobody really likes to exercise, but you. The the hardest step is
0: going into that gym yeah. or whatever it might be. You know, you use the expression "you're you're gonna purpose to eat that, those cucumbers." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna text Jamie like Jamie John said. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> right, keep yeah. my brother accountable. Uh, but um, earlier, as we were discussing this episode, you mentioned Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniel, purposing in his mm-hmm. heart, right? Um, and you just mentioned that you know, and actually, the whole conversation just landed in the same issue of. Cucumbers, um, and <laughs> cucumbers being an acquired taste. Um, you you said you know I, I I thought of this when I thought about righteousness. What were some of those things that you brought up, John, in regards to Daniel in Daniel chapter one and something that he purposed himself to do? Well, that's exactly
1: you know I you know I I, I you know I said that because I think of Daniel when. If you think about what happened to Daniel, so Daniel, um, he's in Babylon, Mm -hmm. and he is a slave in Babylon, right? He's not just a slave in Babylon, but he also, his his whole family's been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. And now, Nebuchadnezzar is wanting to make him a friend. Now, imagine that. This guy... You know more than likely relatives of yours have just been destroyed by the Babylonian army, and now he wants to make you his friend and so what he's done, and the reason he's doing that by the way, he picks these guys as you know uh as we go through the story, he picks these guys because he wants them to be the front of of the government, if you will so mm. um this is something they did back then if you took over a a um a group of people, you put a front of uh people from that community, yep that way uh there was less chance of a revolt. Exactly. Thank crowd you. Crowd control. Right. Um,
0: so it just looked better, yeah. ultimately. So what? how do you Rome do that? that? Rome did that too. That's, right. That Zacchaeus and Matthew, that's where they were tax mm-hmm. collectors that were Jews, mm-hmm. collecting taxes for Rome. And they realized if we put a Jewish person, there's less likelihood of a rebellion or whatever. Right. And so how do you do
1: that? How do you get those people that you've just killed their families, how do you get them on your side? Will you treat them? Give them a scholarship. Exactly. Babylonia Give, State University they, they, and... Uh, Yep, free meal tickets at the cafeteria. Exactly, At the it, royal
0: cafeteria. At
1: the royal cafeteria, and and quite frankly, it's probably stuff they've never, maybe they didn't even experience before, as far as mm-hmm. what was on these tables. And so uh, that's what he's doing. That's what Nebuchadnezzar's doing. He's giving this to uh, Daniel and his three friends, as the story goes. And uh, uh, Daniel does something. And I was trying to flip to it without making a whole lot of noise here. That's I think right. you have it actually, right? Yep.
0: Uh, Daniel one verse eight. If you, go ahead and read sure. that. So Daniel purposed in his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice foods or delicacies, some translations say, or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And so he asked the, the commander to give him vegetables and water to drink. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So again,
1: I mean, here, Daniel does what he has to he he purposes himself. He he makes the conscious effort decision that he is not going to go this route he could have very easily have done so Mm -hmm. but he chose not to and just like us that's what we have to do right there are so many it's so easy you know i i say you know again i go back to marriage look our our wives could do better i'll speak for myself anyway my (laughs) wife could do better right but she chooses to love me and vice Mm. versa right excuse me we can definitely go another route many times people put on a uh, on a wedding ring and think well that that's going to keep people from uh drifting mm-hmm. right if we have this ring well that ring does nothing okay.
0: you know uh it's actually we have to purpose the to ring has to be in the things. heart it, right exactly. the ring has to be in the inside you know you see something that i'm putting together you know you you have you pur- you purchased cucumbers you know there's a financial investment <laughs> uh-huh. in, in these two uh, items but they've been sitting in your refrigerator so there's something about this purposing in daniel's heart that i think can distinguish it when you like when i purposed to go to the gym mm-hmm. right and i ended up not going but i purposed in my heart well maybe i didn't maybe the desire was there maybe the intention was there but here De- Daniel models for us what it means to purpose in in the hearts. He didn't say I'm gonna I'm only gonna eat this. I'm not gonna eat from that, um, and I'll wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But he actually does something. He he takes a risk. He acts on this purpose as saying, Hey, um, can you give us this so that I don't have to do that? All right. So he makes provisions in that. You know, I guess you know for me is. How do I get to exercise every day? I can't just simply say, today I'm going to do it. Well, it's going to be very hard for me to do it in my pajamas. Right. So maybe I should say, I'm going to do it so I'm going to change and put my workout clothes on and go to where the weights are mm-hmm. in my office and pick up the weights. Then the purpose becomes a reality. Exactly. It, there's a book called Steps to Christ that, um, I remember reading this, it scared me when I was started to first take steps towards God. I thought desires, God was embraced without impressed with our desires but in that book the author says that many will perish while desiring to Mm -hmm. be christians they never they never come to the point of choosing right to be and so this choice of purposing in the heart is something that carries with it behaviors Mm -hmm. behavior changes and when jesus says blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness i told you this earlier just because i'm hungry doesn't mean i'm going to eat food I'm not going to eat something nourishing. Right. You could eat an hour later. So, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, all five of them and say, hey, it has a picture of an apple. There right. must be something healthy in there. It's <laughs> um, just because I'm thirsty doesn't mean that I'm going to drink, which will quench my thirst. And we have that principle right here. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel hungered and thirsted for righteousness, so he chose food that was nourishing and a fluid that was satisfied. Right. Which is interesting that Jesus compares himself to the food that is true food. And the water that if any man were to drink from, they would never thirst again. Amen. So, it's Jesus. You know, we need to develop a taste for a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. which entails two elements. Just like there's two food groups, you know, the solid stuff and the liquid. We have the Bible and prayer. Right. Um, those are the two elements that, by which I can feed or partake of this righteousness that I'm beginning to hunger after. Mm-hmm. It is a miracle that for me, that I, you know, the the soul hunger that I had, and every every human has it, we all are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's just like Satan puts a big bag of you know extra spicy Doritos in front of us, and we're like, oh. And I remember, brother, eating an entire bag of those giant size, family size Doritos <laughs> after school one day. I ate the whole thing,
1: mm.
0: <clears throat> thinking, okay, my stomach's full, therefore I have nourished myself. Right. I mean, I'm not knocking Doritos. You know, they're good snacks. But they're not food, right? It's not what you want. Eat that
1: bag of Doritos and then go to the
0: gym and That's see how right. much nourishment. You I have. eat that every day, right? You know, eat, eat Doritos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and see how your body fares as far as you know the protein and the sugars and all the other things that you need for proper nourishment, right? Mm-hmm. So this hungering and thirsting is extremely practical. What what? Um, it's not simply am I hungering, but rather. What am I seeking to satisfy that hunger with? Amen.
1: And, and you know, you've you've said. It seems like many times in Christianity, we 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 have the desire. I want this. I, I or you know, I want to get rid of this. When we're talking of sin, maybe. Mm. Um, I want to get rid of this, and I want you know, all these things, and we pray and we do those things. But like you said earlier, there is a practical application. We do have. I think sometimes when we when we start down this road we get into this worry of well it sounds like works to me right it sounds yeah. like you're trying to work your way into heaven there is this fine line though no we're not trying to work our way into heaven but nonetheless there is a work to be done yeah. and so we do have to we have to exercise this is the exercise of the whole thing we do have to put in an effort and by the way that effort you know our sometimes it gets chalked up to willpower Mm-hmm. Well, God gave us willpower, so mm-hmm. he, it, so it's not that we're trying to do it. Even God gives us the willpower to do these things yes. as well. So, you know, you you said that you know study and prayer is this this thirst for righteousness. I would add a third to that, which is um, absolutely you're absolutely correct. Study and prayer, but we. The, the service aspect of our lives, which is the mm. sacrifice. And when I say service, I don't just mean, um, you know, feeding the hungry. All of those things are, are important, feeding and clothing the hungry and all those things. But without evangelism, <laughs> that's just the Red Cross. The Red Cross does a great job of that. We don't really need to do that part. But with Christ, it becomes a whole different thing. Now it's evangelism. It, um,
0: it, go it goes with, um, you know, There's something that I told my wife. You know, I I try to lose weight. I try to control my cholesterol. But um, there's something about trying to control the food that you take in by just controlling the food that you take in. There's Mm -hmm. no incentive. I've discovered that if I wanted to do better with my choices, I needed to exercise. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how sweating out... You know, for 15, 20 minutes, i have a trampoline at home. And, um, yeah, because, you know, low back, trying to keep the joints to that jar. Of 45, you know. <laughs> oh, how old are you? Just And doing weights and realizing, man, all of this. And that was only, what, 300 calories that I burned? Man, mm-hmm. that, that's it takes a lot to burn these things. Um, especially the older you get, your metabolism is not the same as when you're 20. Um, then... You Know 300 calories, 400 calories. It took me, you know, 30 minutes of sweat and, and grimy and, 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 and uh, grueling effort to get that. Um, not that donut does not, not look as attractive as it used to, right? Mm-hmm. And what you mentioned about the mission, I think once you begin to realize how the mission is beyond what you could possibly do, you can convince people to buy a tie. You know, we get talked into buying electrical gadgets through the marketing media, but. The gospel is not marketable. Um, people need to thirst and hunger mm-hmm. after it and choose. And, brother, as I began to work in trying to lead people to salvation, to accept Christ, I realized how helpless I am. Mm-hmm. And my prayer lives were changed. Working for the mission gave me a healthy hungry, hunger for what was truly true food in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And I began to, you know, cut back on the movies that I watched. I started whittling out music that had profanity and themes that were just completely against the gospel, completely against righteousness. And I began to sense, Lord, uh, if I'm not connected with you, I feel the hypocrisy. I'm asking these individuals to do things that I'm not doing myself. Mm-hmm. So in through the mission itself, it, I got confronted with things that... Um, I had not yet developed the acquired taste I needed to for the the righteousness that God was offering. So the mission for me is I agree with you. Um, it can just like exercise can help you modify your your food selections. The mission can definitely affect how you relate to the basics of the Christian life: your prayer and your time in the Scriptures. Right, um,
1: and that, so you can't lean heavy on one without the others. Is is what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. you, right? I mean, they all do go together and. You know, there's this, there's this, these words that get thrown around here: uh, revival and reformation, right? Uh, is that? Do I have the right words? Revival, reformation. Yep. Reformation always sounds weird, wrong to me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> revival and reformation. And so, how do you have those types of things, right? And and I think that's what we're talking about here: this hungering and this thirst for righteousness. It's not. You know, once again, we've gone through the checklist and then we've looked at the checklist and we failed. Now we want revival and reformation. Well, how does that work? Well, again, it's what we're talking about. I don't know if there is this uh, big explosion. I think there can be for sure. But really, it's it's this constant revival and reformation. And what and the revival comes from love, right? You have to, once again, God loves us, but we also have to love him mm-hmm. in order for that reformation to occur. What's your favorite food? Oh,
0: what's my favorite? Uh, you know, I'm with you. I, I like a good all, pizza. <laughs> pizza. I like a good pizza. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a reason to do some other podcasting at a pizzeria. Right. Get that atmosphere. <laughs> um, you know, the... There are certain things that I like. Um, some of them are traditional from Argentina. When I visit my, my in-laws in Puerto Rico, there are these uh, fried plantains that mm-hmm. my mother-in-law makes. And she's unique. She, she flavors them really good. So whenever I'm going to have those, I feel like doing a cartwheel and a backflip. But you know what? I don't do that at every meal. hmm But at every meal, Mm. I feel a satisfaction. Right. So you will not always have a spiritual cartwheel experience. You may come to church and not have a, you know, tear jerking type of a message that stirs you to the deep. But every meal nourishes you. And every time you open the Word of God, you may not have fireworks and all those experiences. And every time you bend your knee to pray, you may not see the heavens open and, you know, light shining on you. But every time you pray, you will be nourished. Mm -hmm. Every time you open the Word of God, you will be nourished. Just like I don't do cartwheels or cornflakes or granola, um, but it nourishes me every Mm -hmm. time I eat of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You mentioned, you know, about the will. And it made me think about it, it, the beautiful quote that actually did make me weep when I first uh, heard it. Uh, It's from a book called Christ Object Lessons on page 159. And it speaks about, you know, this process of um, like purposing your heart. What does that look like? Is it just thinking and desiring it? How does it become an action? Mm -hmm. It says, no outward observances can take the place of simple faith and entire renunciation of self. But no man can empty himself of self. Mm. So I have to empty myself, but no man can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) We can only consent for Christ to accomplish the work. You mentioned, you know, what is our work? There is a work part, and our work is yielding and consenting, and Christ does the work in us. Then the language of the soul will be, Lord, take my heart, for I cannot give it. It is your property. Keep it pure, for I cannot keep it pure for you. Save me in spite of myself, my weak, unchristlike self. Mold me, fashion me, raise me into a pure and holy atmosphere, where the rich current of your love can flow through my soul. Amen. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that, brother, and um, that's because, and I, the reason I wept is because I was exhausted. Checklist can exhaust you mm-hmm. because you think the checklist is not long enough. Mm. Let me add more. Right. That's how I'm going to fix this problem. I, I, I feel my, myself sinking in the miry mud of sin. I feel myself powerless to walk away from habits from my past. Lord, what's going on? I was, I was doing just fine on oh, my checklist. I only have 23 items. <laughs> you know, and I think that's why when Jesus came, most Jew, the, the Jewish community, the religious leaders, had 690-plus commandments um, to try to create a checklist mm-hmm. to manufacture what we cannot. No man can empty himself of self. But we can consent for Christ to do it for us. For Christ to change, you know, the confession of Lord, I love sin, I love the the junk food that you know just hurts me. Change that. Right. Give me a taste for what is righteous, mm-hmm. Lord. And um, when you begin to pray, the reality of your experience, it can be a moving experience. But more than moving, it moves you. It changes you. It transforms you. Just like Daniel. You know, this experience did not just yield the fact that he was like, okay, I'm at peace in my heart. I didn't defile my, defy myself. It allowed God to give them the wisdom and the insights that they were the top students. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting promoted and getting placed in high positions. Um, it allowed God to do things for them that had Daniel not purposed to do this, God could not have done because he had not consented. Mm-hmm. He had not yielded. To the power of christ to give him the, the courage to do all of this daniel did this but in the background from the rest of the bible we can see that god was giving a power of conviction power of action so that daniel could do these things and working providentially by touching the heart of this official so you know god can work in me to empower me to make the choices of this morning i will open my bible before i check my phone God can't put that hunger and thirst that I'm going to hunger for this over that. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, you made me think of Romans uh, 12.1 as you were talking. And it says, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, you know, you think of, just as you were just talking about, when you hear that word, a living sacrifice, you... Instantly start doing checklists. It seems like in your head, oh, I've got to get rid of this, 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 this and this. But really, that's not what he. That's not exactly what he's saying. Really, what he's present yourself a sacrifice. How do you present yourself a sacrifice? By yielding to Consenting. the Holy Spirit, right? To, Amen. And then you become that sacrifice. It's not I have to go sacrifice myself.
0: Even though that is part of it, it's yielding. It's yes, yielding it's a living you. sacrifice. Right. You don't. You don't die. Um, we're gonna start wrapping this yes um jeremiah 23 6 says the lord our righteousness blessed are those who thirst and hunger after righteousness Mm. jesus says no man can live except by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god and in john chapter 1 jesus is defined as the word um john we need to hunger for his presence amen we need to hunger for our lord jesus christ in our lives his word in me and through that being satisfied right are you satisfied with Jesus John
1: yeah (laughs) I don't
0: know if that's the right word I mean yeah I mean beyond satisfied yeah yes Yes. me too Um, but we were not always there right and you know through our journeys I think you mentioned you know the maturity part Uh, being mature I guess means you begin to rely less and less on the fireworks Mm. and rely more and more on that wonderful word called love which Mm -hmm. is a choice it was, it's what gives us 10-year anniversaries, 20, 30-year anniversaries in our wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because of the emotions necessarily, but certainly because it's a choice. Right. And so um, I hope that you will decide, will make a choice. Um, I will choose to feed my soul with the Word of God. I will choose to invite Jesus into my life every day through prayer. You hunger and thirsted today, hunger and thirst for Him. He will satisfy your soul.